Have you ever struggled to minister to someone who's going through deep suffering? This week, Jill Butane is our guest sharing about what she learned walking with her close friend, Kara Tippetts, through a battle with breast cancer. It's all in episode 36 of the Church Leaders Podcast. Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, where we're helping you lead better every day. And now here's your host, podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, Andrew Hess. Thanks for tuning in to episode 36 of the Church Leaders Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by the new Outreach.com, where ordering customized resources for your ministry just got a lot easier. Try it out today and get 250 free invite cards. It's easy. Just go to Outreach.com forward slash CL250, click on your favorite invite card design, customize it, and you'll receive your free cards right away. Today, we're talking to Jill Butane about a book she wrote with Kara Tippetts. Kara's story has touched many lives as she showed people how to see God in the hard and in the good. In their book, Just Show Up, Kara and Jill write about what friendship looks like in the midst of changing life seasons, loads of laundry, and even cancer. Also this week, we're partnering with David C. Cook to give away five copies of Jill and Kara's book, Just Show Up. So head to churchleaders.com forward slash giveaway to enter to win your copy. And now, here's our interview with Jill Butane. Well, Jill, thank you so much for being with us on the Church Leaders Podcast. Thanks for having me. Jill, it's been quite a year. Um, you know, we're here to talk about a book that you co-authored. and uh, But first, I feel like uh, to talk about this book, we have to go back and kind of tell the story of, of how this book uh, came about. So can you tell us how God brought Kara Tippetts into your life? So I met Kara through church. Um, I go to the church that hired the Tippets to plant their church, and then through school. Our daughters were in the same class, and they showed up in the middle of the school year in January, and we go to a small school, so it was a big deal. Who's the new family? Who's the new girl? And then I met Kara on the playground because we moms would stay after. We let our kids play, and then we talk. It's a great way to do community with each other. And so I think I remember meeting her and thinking, ooh, she's kind of sarcastic and funny, and I like her. And... Our friendship was just starting, and then, boom, six months after they moved here, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So it was just a total shock to all of us, and I kind of had to figure out where do I fit with Kara. Um, I'm an introvert. I talk about that a lot in the book. Kara was a big extrovert. And so I went through this wrestling process of am I in or am I out? Because cancer was scary, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was afraid to say the wrong thing to her or to Jason. And I finally came to the point, and I think it was the Holy Spirit nudging me, where I just knew I was in with her. I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like. Maybe it would have been just in a showing up role, but our friendship continued to grow, and we continued to pursue each other. And so within that, we were both writers. She was blogging, I was writing fiction, and we would just dream over writing together and we didn't even have this subject at that time we just were friends and you know Kara was a big dreamer we should write a book together and I would say okay and then one day this came up and it just clicked this was what we needed to talk about Mm. yeah because she wrote a book the hardest piece that has touched so many lives and uh, her story has has touched countless lives I also had the privilege of, of knowing her um, you know, I also attend the church uh, where Jason and, and Kara were sent out to plant. And uh, just, you know, I, I also resonated with that where um, so many times in, in my experience with, with Kara, she just modeled that where it was 
She was so interested in me and what was going on in my life. And I was like, man, with what you're going through, how, how can you care at all about what's going on yes. in my life? Oh, that such was a so big her. Heart. Yeah. Absolutely. Even when she was totally suffering and going through hard stuff, she was always checking on us. Hmm. What, what was happening in our lives? And she made friendships happen while she was fighting cancer. And I think mm-hmm. that was pretty amazing. Yeah. So how did you guys uh, kind of pull this, this book together? You know, as you were thinking about, um, you were thinking about the book, uh, tell us about some of those early conversations where you were, were kind of thinking about what this would be. I didn't know what it would be. I mean, I look at this book now and I think God made this happen. It really started with just the basic idea. It started with the title. Kara came up with the title and I just think she saw this need so greatly being the one who was suffering she saw people do amazing things and then people struggling kind of saying the wrong thing not sure what to do and she always had a lot of grace for that but I think she saw that this needed to be talked about and then you know Kara had this confidence in me that I didn't have in myself probably and she just knew like I could do this and we can do this together and so we ended up discussing chapter titles and just really jumping off from those. I mean, it came from a very simple concept. Also, we thought we're going to write this together. And we had a trip planned. She was going to speak in California and we were going to knock out so many words and I was going to be her travel partner. And that's when she went into the hospital for Mm -hmm. the, it was right around this time last year, December of 2014. So it just threw a wrench in everything. And we kind of had to figure out, are we going to be able to do this or not? And it took us a little while to just figure that out. And then when the answer came that, yes, we were going to write this, I mean, we just started writing separately because she was so sick. And so I would write and she would write and then we'd send things. I would send things to her and our editor ended up piecing us together. And Hmm. that's how the book came together. Well, and it, it is so amazing. I mean, to think about how hard, um, what she was going through physically, the weakness, um, right. and, and just, I mean, not even feeling like herself, yeah. and yet having this message on her heart that she wanted to write and to, to do it with you, uh, yeah. it's, it's such a neat thing. It is, and I think she loved writing, as most writers do. It's one of those things where you just, you almost have to do it, and... I think Jason, her husband, understood that and just wanted that for her. In mm-hmm. those last months, she just definitely wanted to keep writing, and she even kept blogging at the same time. Yeah, her blog, Monday in Faithfulness. Right. Um, people still go to that blog and, and read it and are helped by it. I think that she had this unique ability to connect with sufferers, Yes. and there were so many people that were going through really hard things, and, and Kara got them, and, and they, they kind of could read their own pain into her posts. Was there a yeah. post on, on her blog that, that, you know, kind of you think back that like just mm-hmm. is one of your, one of your favorites? Well, I, oh man, I read Kara's blog from the very beginning. Um, we were friends when she started writing. And so I just was on it. You know, I wanted to know everything that was going on with her. She had so many amazing, amazing blogs where she would just take this small nugget of wisdom and, and just, I don't know, change your perspective. I don't know if I can think of a favorite because there Mm -hmm. were so many good ones. I loved when she talked about kindness, probably because that's an area as a mom that I'm always struggling with, with my children. And she was so great about not letting us off the hook with Mm -hmm. that. 
we're tired, I'm done with today, you know, you snap at your children. And Kara just was, no, that's not okay. Mm. Um, one of the first things she did when she found out she had cancer was ask the pastors to pray for her, that she would be kind mm. to her children. Wow. Yeah. And so I often think of her when I do lose my temper with my kids and I have to apologize and start over because she really impacted me in that way. And I think another, a lot of other moms too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I actually remember a post. I don't remember the title of it, but it was a post where she was thinking about how her kids would get along without her Mm. and just, just her love for, and especially, I mean, her kids are fairly young. And just thinking about her young children and and her mother's heart of love for her kids. And it it was just heartbreaking to read. You know, I I know I don't want to get into a, you know, a big theological discussion, of course. But, you know, I think when something like this happens, all of us who knew Kara well think, Lord, if ever there was a time for a miracle, Kara Tippett's was the one to to do that for. Yeah. How how have you processed that? We are where so many of us were praying, like, Lord, heal her. Mm -hmm. And and yet the Lord decided to take her home last spring. Boy, that was a tough thing to walk. And I think I still process it. Mm. I don't know if I'll ever be fully done. I, you know, my husband is this total optimist. And so for the longest time he was like, she's, well, she's going to be healed. And I had come to that point where Kara and I were having a lot of discussions about her future and the fact that she was dying, barring, barring a miracle. And so I was sort of walking this line of, I'm with you and I want to pray for that miracle. And we did continue to pray for a miracle. But also, how do you accept what your friend needs to talk about? Um, Mm. She was open. She wanted to communicate about those things. So I think faith-wise for me, I had to come to the point where I just realized I am not going to understand the ways of God while I'm here on this earth. And he obviously loved Kara. I mean, I say that and look at what she suffered and went through, but it was palpable the way that he loved Kara. And so I know just through my faith that he had great plans for her. I mean, I, I think, I wonder what she's doing in heaven. I wonder what was waiting for her because he obviously had something big planned for her. And so I don't understand and maybe I won't, but I choose to believe that there are some things that I'm not going to understand on this earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that uh, that is, that that is helpful to think about that. Like uh, we don't always know what God has, but we know right. we can trust him. And that's what he yeah. calls us to do is to not see everything that he knows. Uh, yeah. You know, I think it was Tim Keller who says, if we could see everything that God sees, we would answer our prayers the way he does. If we could see and oh, knew. I love that. And it's, it's so powerful, especially in these moments where we're like, Lord, you obviously did not answer our prayers the way we would want you right. to. Right, exactly. But Think but, about what she could have done where she's still here on this earth. Yeah. I mean, she would have kept impacting so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we just, I mean, you see even her impact in her life and, and through her story it was so powerful. Um, one, of the, one of the great chapters in this book, uh, this book is so powerful, telling the story, but also I think there's a lot of people who are in a similar boat where they have somebody in their life, they're probably thinking of them right now, who's suffering, who, who maybe just got a diagnosis or is going through something really hard. And it's not something where, oh, I can just come in and change it. But it's like my, my role is to walk, walk with you through this. One of the chapters is called The Gift of Silence. That's a really powerful chapter for me. Can you talk about kind of how silence can be a gift 
uh, when we're walking with somebody who's going through something? It was a hard chapter for me in that it was a lesson I really had to learn while mm-hmm. I was doing this with Kara. I've always been a fix-it person. And when someone is telling me their struggle, in my mind, I'm thinking, how can I make this better? Because I love them, and I get that. I get that it comes out of a place of love. But as I did this with Kara, I saw the hurt that can come in those situations when we try to fix someone instead of walking with them, like you said. And that is where silence becomes so precious, I think. Just to truly sit beside someone when, I mean, it doesn't even have to be that they're dying that like Kara was in their depression, in their sickness, even in their, their rough marriage, whatever it is, to love on them, to pray for them, to say, I don't know what to say, but I want to be here for you and I can't fix it, but I love you. I just think it, it lets us off the hook a little bit where we think we have to make it better. And so sometimes when we feel that pressure, we head in the other direction because we're, we're not capable of that. And the silence just says, I'm with you. I'm with you in this. Mm-hmm. I think it's a powerful thing to communicate. And, you know, I've heard it called the ministry of presence. And just that knowing that that's a ministry of being there. And I think especially uh, thinking about, you know, the pastors and ministry leaders that are listening to this right now, they're often the ones that are looked to, you know, do you have a word or is there something that you can say? And I think that's a powerful thing for leaders to learn is that there are times when it's just, you know, I'm here, I'm here for you. And, Absolutely. you know, I'm a hand to hold, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm here for you, whatever you need. And I think that's a powerful thing that you, you guys communicated in this book is that um, you don't have to have all the answers and you don't have to exactly. have it figured out to, to just show up. You know, exactly. As, and we do feel that pressure that we have to have the answers to even start with someone. And I think that's why we don't. But then there are all of these lonely Christians who are suffering. And shouldn't we be the ones who aren't lonely? Shouldn't we be in community with each other? But it's just so scary. And I completely get that. Just this week, I had a situation where I thought, this is not going to be easy for me to go up and talk to this person. But I know better. And I know it would look like I don't love her if I don't go talk to her in this uncomfortable suffering. And so I'm going in. I'm going in, even though I'm probably going to say something stupid or have the wrong words. I would rather make that choice than to not say anything at all. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like um, kind of what, what you've gone through, that that has helped you be more sensitive to people that are suffering around you? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I expected to walk something like this at my age. I don't know why. I think we just think breast cancer has a certain age or suffering has a certain age, and that's not true. So this has changed me forever, obviously knowing Kara. But then even as I wrote this book with her, things cemented. You know how when you write something, it, it comes back to you again and you go, oh, yeah, that that is the way it is. And so I almost learned even more writing it than just walking with her. Mm-hmm. And I, to those who are listening and are kind of in that place where it's like, okay, you know, I, I'm thinking of somebody in my life who is suffering. What's the kind of the first step to somebody who's like, man, there's there's somebody I need to reach out to. And I kind of, you know, I, I just feel that on my heart. What's the first step of kind of making that decision to, to just show up? I think it is a decision. I think you nailed it right there. It's a decision because 
we just have to choose people and go toward them instead of going in the other direction. And I think the other first step is to ask God to meet you there. We are so afraid, but he He wants this and he is going to bless you and meet you when you choose to do community with each other. Mm-hmm. Is there a time in your life where you were going through something and, and somebody showed up for you? I think there's been many small times we haven't had a major crisis but one friend in particular that I think about and I like this story because of what she's doing it's not you know a huge fundraiser or the biggest thing ever she texts me and says every day when she goes on a walk um, with her dog she takes her dog for a walk she prays for my daughter who has um, just some health issues and nothing serious (laughs) but it's a big deal to us and what's going on in our life. That to me is such a beautiful description of showing up because we think it has to be so grand and so amazing. And you have to organize the t-shirt drive and drop off the homemade meal and all of that. But that means so much to me. And I know that every day someone else is carrying that burden for me a little bit. And as a mother, it's a burden that I feel so I think there are many ways that people show up for us, but that's just one story that I mm-hmm. that I love. That's good. One of the things that uh, I love is kind of the the priority of relationships, and you know, not letting a temporary suffering get in the way of eternal relationships. Can you talk about that and how that that just seemed like that was something that um, just spilled out of Kara, where she was not going to let this keep her from building such a strong community of especially women. It seemed like. You know, I see all these pictures of, you know, of her on Facebook with with all of her girls around her. Yeah. And talk about that and how, um, you know, maybe there's somebody out there who is going through suffering and, and needs that encouragement to, to continue to build community. Yeah. I mean, Kara was amazing at growing community. She just continued. I, I think when I saw her, I would think, what? You're nuts. I mean, you're so sick and you're suffering. And how can you continue to do this? But she really poured into people. And it taught me that community can still grow while someone is suffering. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I really knew that before. And she modeled that for us. Um, As I mentioned, she loved on us. She asked about us. She might be sick and laid up in bed, but that didn't mean she couldn't have a conversation or answer a text. And so I do encourage people don't wait. I mean, if you're not in suffering, grow that community now. But if you are, don't be afraid to step into each other's lives. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say when they are going through something hard, how amazing it is for them to try to show up for someone else and how it sort of pulls them out of what they're going through. It doesn't make it go away, but it it just gives them a different perspective. And I know there are moments you can't do that either where you're just down and out and and you need the people there for you. But I think Kara just was so great at at loving people. I mean, it boils down to that, doesn't mm-hmm. it? We say yeah, yeah. community, but she just loved people really yeah. big. And actually, uh, Kara actually uh, messaged me on Facebook. It was a few months before she passed away. And uh, she had found out um, that we had a kind of a mutual connection with mm-hmm. my fiance, Jen, and I. And she, her family, she had family connections with Jen and she just reached out and just was so excited for us and just, I mean, it was amazing. And I was like, man, you, I know what you're going through. And she, the last thing she ever said to me was, I love love. 
you know? Oh, I love that. And it's just... It's going to make me cry. Oh, sorry. It's okay. You know, sometimes the strangest things hit you. Yeah. But that is such a perfect statement of who she was. Yeah. And especially, like, it hit me so hard um, yeah. thinking about with knowing knowing where she was at. And I probably yeah. didn't even know half of what she was going through. And that she would take time to just send me a message and just say, I'm so excited for you guys, praying for you. And I just, I just love, yeah. love. Yeah. And I'll just, that will be, you know, something I always remember um, was her legacy to me. That's beautiful. Um, another thing about, uh, you know, the care that she did so well was that she always saw that she had a ministry, you know. And even when we're suffering, we have a ministry. We, we posted an article uh, that she had written on church leaders. Mm-hmm. And there was somebody in the comments who kind of used her story to say, well, see, this is proof that God doesn't exist. Why would God let this happen to a pastor's wife? And Kara reached out to me as the editor of the site and said, I would like to get this person's information. I want to reach out to him. And she started wow. dialoguing with this person and basically was just, just like encouraging this person who had kind of said, that's why I'm an atheist and just loved on him. And, you know, I don't know how that story resolved. Maybe one day I will. But that was, I, I think that was another thing that she did so well was that she, she was so kingdom minded and it was Absolutely. like, you know, it was like, oh, somebody commented on a story of mine. I'm going to love this person. You know, even though I, I, I'm kind of used to people like, you know, putting negative comments and I'm like, oh man, another negative right. comment. But, but she modeled that so well, like, oh no, no these are people that we can, that we can love on. And I think, you know, when we write stuff and Sometimes we open ourselves up to people that will disagree on different things. That's the hardest thing about being a writer, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like you're putting your your small baby out to the world to be judged or something. Mm-hmm. But she, you're right. She was absolutely wonderful at that. Mm-hmm. She was amazing. Yeah. What, what, what would you say, like if you were to summarize, you know, the thing that Kara showed you the most about suffering, like is, is there a way you would think about that? I know that's probably a really tough question. I often come back to accepting help. Mm. I think maybe because it was something I was so incredibly bad at and really prideful about. And the way that Kara accepted help really built her community around her. And so even from the beginning, and, and let people in, that kind of boils down to letting people in. And she would have us over if her house wasn't perfect. And she was just so community-minded in that way. But for me, I thought not accepting help was good to those around me. Like, it's okay. I can do it myself. And now I see it that I am holding back from community when I do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not letting people love on me. Loving on Kara in that way was the best gift that she could give us. Mm. Letting us help because we had nothing else. Um, We were watching her suffer and knowing we were going to lose her and it just was so incredibly painful and then getting to love on her was so amazing and so i just see that in such a different light now that i've done this and do you think that was something that she had to learn or was it just kind of i think maybe she wasn't i feel like i remember a blog or something about her saying she wasn't great at accepting help but i don't really remember that side of her i feel like she if she was that in the past she must have made the decision to change because the Kara that I knew accepted help. And really, I felt like from the beginning, it seemed like she had all of those people around her. And, and for living here for only six months, I mean, she just pulled people in. And then she was also great at letting us kind of serve within our abilities and personalities, which was another thing that was so nice about her. 
she saw us for who we were. And I mean, when it was my turn to come over with a meal, it was, will you pick up from this restaurant, which I laugh about now. Um, I do cook, (laughs) but it's not easy for me to think about prepping a meal for two families and getting all that together. It's a little bit stressful. And so she saw that in me and just loved me right as who I am. There was no issue with that. Mm -hmm. And talk about kind of how do we show up for the family? Um, Because a lot of times I think we focus on, you know, the individual, but the whole family uh, goes through this. And so talk about how, you know, how the community has kind of um, just loved the family through this. I think so many people have their gift and I think it's the heart of God to see the way that certain people were drawn toward watching the kids and had a relationship that allowed that to happen. And other husbands have been there for Jason. And even if it's just texting him, I don't need an answer, but I'm praying for you and I'm loving on you. And so I just think that's amazing to see. And, you know, we've all had these different moments where a kid is on our heart or, you know, a certain thing is on our heart to do at their house. Sometimes we didn't even see Kara. Mm. You know, we would go, people would go to clean the house or do the laundry. And it wasn't even about seeing her. But we were loving on the family in that way. And, you know, you think, what, what would I need in my house if mm. the mom is missing? The other day I had a cold. And I was just kind of down and out about it because I'm really pathetic when I'm sick. And my daughter was like, it's just not the same when the mom isn't well or something. And it broke my heart Mm. thinking about Kara and how long, you know, they did life with her sick before now missing her. And I think that's such a good emphasis is, is, you know, thinking about ways to help because we all have different gifts and there might be somebody listening. Like I could never, you know, I could never say the right things or, you know, like there, there might be things like I could never do, but serving and showing up and doing the behind the scenes things exactly. like that's, that could be the gift. And I think as you look at the community that came alongside the Tibbets when this happened, I think there was a lot of people that had a lot of different gifts and everybody asked that question. What can I do? Right. How can I contribute? Yeah. And what their gifting was, was important. Mm. And I just, there's such beauty in offering to serve in something that makes you happy I don't know why we think we have to go do the thing that is not at all in our nature. I mean, certainly we need to step out sometimes, but I do think God made us who we are for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so there are some behind the scenes people who would rather pick up the laundry, take it home, do it, bring it back another day. And that's important too, especially when someone is suffering. You know, that family is just in such chaos Mm -hmm. and they're not thinking about what needs to be done. And I think, Another good note on that is a lot of people just did things. Mm. They knew what needed to be done. You know, if it's mowing the lawn or something like that where you're non-invasive, mm. you don't even maybe have to ask. Yeah. Just, you just know, do it. the driveway is shoveled when you come out in the morning or what, whatever that is. But I usually think whatever is on your heart is a good place to start. Mm-hmm. And I think another, you know, one of the moments that touched me the most at Kara's funeral was when Jim Daly uh, spoke directly to the kids. Yeah. And, you know, he had lost his mom when he was young. And he, he said that when he was a boy, everybody said, you know, don't cry, you know, right. you know, hold, hold on. And I think so, I mean, there's probably a lot of well-meaning people that said that. And I think sometimes we respond that way, like, oh, we can't show our sadness or grief. And I think the lesson that I learned there was Jim looked right at the kids and said, it's okay to cry. 
you know, yeah. it's okay to be sad. It's okay to mourn this great loss. Absolutely. And, and I think that's something that is important for our listeners to hear is that it's okay to, to mourn and to grieve like that. That's a natural part of, of yeah. life as a Christian. Absolutely. I mean, we know Kara's in heaven and that she is healed, but that doesn't mean that we don't miss her. And it doesn't mean we don't mourn for the kids and for Jason and for that hole that is now there. That was, that was her. And certainly she left behind so many wonderful things for them. But I do think it's important to mourn and even not to put a time limit on it for Mm. people and for the kids. They will miss their mother for the rest of their life. I know it will get easier and things will, you know, comfort them. But also I think what a gift it is to love them through this. Mm -hmm. I know we can't fix it as moms around Kara or make it better, but I'm so thankful to be able to love on them Mm -hmm. just a little bit. Well, Jill, it's, it's a powerful book um, with, a, with a really important message. Just show up. And, and I encourage people to get a copy because we all, I mean, one of the things that we know about our Christian experience is that we're all going to go through p- things that are difficult. Uh, there are gonna be, there's going to be suffering in our lives. And uh, such a wise book. I'm so thankful that you and Kara you. wrote this together because I think it's a great resource to pastors, leaders, people who walk with people who are suffering all the time. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks again to Jill Butain for joining us this week as our special guest on the Church Leaders Podcast. Remember that this week we're partnering with David C. Cook to give away five copies of Jill and Kara's book. Go to churchleaders.com forward slash giveaway for your chance to win. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few minutes to subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes and consider sending this episode to someone you know who might be blessed by its message. Also, make sure to download the show notes for this episode at churchleaders.com forward slash podcast. The show notes always include resources mentioned in the show and links to some of our guests' top content on churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website, churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.